Welcome to The Irony of Beauty, a weekly podcast hosted by skincare experts Fiona and Rose. They love a good chat and sometimes a heated debate about all things skin and nutrition, calling out scaremongering, misinformation and misleading marketing in an ever-confusing world of beauty and wellness. Please note the information provided is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace qualified medical advice. Good morning. How are you today? I'm very well. I always look forward to Fridays when I get to chat with you. The Fridays are our recording day, usually. Um, <laughs> early in the morning still, so I do have my coffee with my collagen and quite an appropriate thing to be having because today we're talking about something that affects approximately 80 to 90% of women. And I know I've definitely been affected by this and I'm pretty sure you probably have because I've yet to meet a woman that hasn't. Cellulite. Oh, yes. This is one of the most common concerns I get in my clients when it comes to body image um, and body treatments. Um, I'm always getting the question, you know, what treatments do you have that work with cellulite? Uh, and look, it's a really um, interesting topic because cellulite is one of those conditions that you need to handle like everything else internally. And really there aren't a lot of treatments or products that actually really work unless you make those changes with your diet nutrition, lifestyle, exercise, and obviously genetics and um, hormones play a huge part in that as well. The condition of the skin um, it's that, you know, the fat cell essentially multiplies. So there's, there's so much involved with what causes cellulite. And like you said, I haven't met one single woman in the clinic that has not been concerned with it and asked me that question. So it's definitely something that bothers a lot of women. I think it's also important to note that it is very, very common. It affects more people than not. And it's very unusual not to have cellulite. I'll just sort of highlight that because it's almost something that people see as a, a taboo thing and something really bad and people get shamed for it. And it's such a shame because it is an, a normal thing. Some people will have more cellulite than others. And we're going to talk about today why that may be, what cellulite is and in my experience, what I've found to be the most effective at minimizing the appearance of cellulite, but also things that can actually worsen cellulite. Because when I trained, I, I trained, oh my goodness, back in the 80s, late 80s, <laughs> 80s to 90s, because it was, it was a um, long training years. However, um, back then, cellulite was treated with really harsh treatments. Um, there used to be a, this vibratory machine that we used to use to with big spikes on it to try and break down the cellulite. There are handheld devices still now with like little nodules on to break down cellulite. And we now know that that actually can worsen cellulite. So we don't want to be looking at things to break it up and to pummel it. And I still see online now and on social media, people sort of saying, you need to break up the cellulite and pummel it and use these like really nodular, scary looking devices. And we now know that's not the right way to go. You can actually make it worse. So mm. there's a lot we've learned along the way with cellulite. Um, and quite often sometimes less is best and more simple techniques get better results. So let's start with looking at actually 
what is cellulite because everybody gets it um, pretty much. Unusual not to, but there are some very blessed beings that don't show cellulite and that's kind of the ones that we tend to see in bikinis on social media. So everybody then thinks, oh, it's, it's not normal to have it, but it is very normal to have it. Men apparently can have it, but saying that, I've never seen a man with cellulite. Have you? No, I have never seen a guy with cellulite. I, it does affect women a lot more than men, definitely. So if you if you look at sort of all the literature, you know, men and women can get it, but I've still yet to see a man <laughs> um, that has issues with cellulite. So it is thought, you know, cellulite is an issue with the breakdown of the connective tissue and the dermal layers. And then underneath that, you've got your fat cells. Mm -hmm. So then what tends to happen is when we've got that weakening of the connective tissue, nothing's being sort of held in properly. And then we get the bulging of the fat cells poking through. And as a result of that, we start to see this dimpling of the skin. Usually it's around the thighs and the buttock area. Um, and it affects people in different severities. So some people just get a little mild bit of dimpling. Other people will get a really uneven skin surface and almost a, a cottage cheese-like appearance of the skin. Um, and it's really more to do with how much of a breakdown of the connective tissue is, how stiff the tissue is, um, and the fat cells that are protruding. So if we're pummeling it and trying to break it down, we can actually do more damage to the connective tissue, um, and then we're going to see the fat cells protruding even more. Um, we can also see if there's that collection of, you know, fluid retention that can also make the skin look more puffy as well. So exercise can definitely help with the circulation side, but exercise on its own, I don't believe will completely get rid of cellulite. No, you can't just rely on exercise. Um, essentially, fat cells multiply, right? So we've got that element of the amount of fat cells in those particular areas. And women distribute fat cells in those typical areas of the thighs, the buttocks, the tummy, the abdomen, sorry, um, and the arms as well, the top part of the arms. You can definitely see cellulite there. So those areas are more prone to developing the appearance of cellulite. And with fat cells, they will multiply. So depending on our diet, if we're having a diet that is high in fat, um, you know, and you're eating more inflammatory food, you know, junk food, you're having um, more alcohol, uh, more sugary drinks, more salt as well, not enough water, um, and that fat cell starts to multiply, the extracellular matrix starts to become a lot more toxic, you're going to develop more cellulite and as the connective tissue breaks down as we age and the skin starts to break down collagen starts to break down you're going to start to develop cellulite and you're going to see it on those typical areas and some people get it worse than others like you said I've seen women that have had quite severe cellulite where it's really hard on the thighs um, and that a cottage cheese appearance is very significant. But then I've had clients where it's been quite soft and easy to manipulate and treat with treatment. Um, there aren't a lot of things that do help cellulite. There are topicals that can improve the appearance of the skin that give it that little bit more of a tightening effect. 
Um, treatment wise, the only thing I've really seen that has been very successful is Morpheus 8. That's the only treatment that I can honestly say has um, improved the appearance of it. Yeah. And that's because it's sort of shrinking everything back yeah. in a way. So you're going to get that that smoothing out. I think coming back to the actual fat cells, obviously, you know, a lot of people think, oh, the more overweight you are, the more cellulite you have, which isn't necessarily true because skinny people, slim people can all have cellulite. So it's more to do with that fat cell bulging out, if you like, through that weakened connective tissue. I think with the fat cells as well, looking at the actual structure of the cell is really important because when we're looking at the diet, if we've got a diet that's really high in saturated fat and processed foods, if we're having a diet that is high in sort of ultra processed foods that have also got a lot of omega-6 and we're not getting enough omega-3, and we've spoken before in a previous podcast about omegas and it's important to get both three and six in the diet, but we need the quality six, um, not sort of the six that's found in all the, the processed oils um, or processed food, should I say, because that comes with the whole range of other issues. But if we've got too much six to three ratio and also too much saturated fat, that can actually alter the structure of the cell membrane. And the cell membrane should be fluid, if you like, so it can let in the right things and let out, you know, things that we don't want in the cell. And so when it becomes a little bit more rigid, that can actually become less pliable and that can also affect cellulite, as can things like hormones to a certain degree. It is thought that it's that combination of hormones and diet and lifestyle that all contribute to cellulite. So we know that estrogen, for instance, or even sort of high estrogen, or it might not be high estrogen, it might be poor metabolism of estrogen. We know that estrogen does affect the fat cells. So the fat cells are responsive to estrogen. So the higher the estrogen or the more, the poorer we metabolize estrogen, we call it estrogen dominance. Mm. Um, and that may be to do with gut health. It may be to do with the estrogen detoxification pathways and, and liver health. That can also have an effect on cellulite and it can increase things like fluid retention as can things like increased insulin or insulin resistance or high blood sugar levels, because that's also going to contribute to what we call glycation and stiffening yes. of the connective tissue. So that combination of the, the sort of stiffer cell membranes and the stiffening of the connective tissue is all going to exacerbate cellulite. So they, they are yes. things that... <clears throat> Perhaps the topical treatments and the morphiosate can minimize the appearance of cellulite, I believe temporarily, because unless we actually fix what's going on internally, it's just going to come back and it's going to get worse. And in my experience, the best way to treat cellulite is that integrative approach where we really are looking at lifestyle factors. So that would be minimizing things like saturated fat in the diet. So I'm not saying completely cut it out, but minimizing the ultra processed foods, the high salt, the high sugar foods, minimizing the alcohol, 
smoking's not great because it affects circulation and we know that poor circulation is going to worsen cellulite and that's where exercise can benefit and that's where lymphatic drainage and massage can also benefit and even things like body brushing I'm a big fan of as well because that's helping the circulation so those things can help to a certain degree but I believe that the biggest impact on cellulite actually comes down to a dietary approach and I've seen cellulite worse in people where they are low in certain nutrients and getting those nutrients up has completely improved the cellulite some people it's pretty much disappeared and then other people that have got that real dimpled cottage cheese like appearance it has significantly improved there may be a slight dimpling left but the the improvement to what it was is chalk and cheese and that has come primarily from diet and also things like you know including massage and body brushing and things like that but the diet is is real key oh for sure and we talk a lot about glycation on the face and how those collagen fibers really do stiffen. Um, and we can see it quite prominently on the face. And that also happens on the body as well. So that glycation and that stiffening of that connective tissue essentially hardens and shrinks. And then those fat cells start to protrude through and show up in the skin and create that dimpling, um, which is a very, I guess, simple way of explaining what kind of happens. But the only real way to treat cellulite is exactly what you said. You have to tackle this through your diet. You have to look at your body. And if it's more acidic, if you are eating those more inflammatory style foods, if you're having a lot of sugar, a lot of salt, a lot of junk food, alcohol, not enough water, um, that is definitely going to contribute to the way that that fat cell multiplies. And essentially, the only way to get rid of a fat cell is through surgery. You can shrink it. You know, um, and there's treatments that can do that. Your diet can have an effect on that collagen protein powder, which I'm sure we're going to talk about in a sec. That can also really help as well. Um, but yeah, the only way to really manage it is you have to look at your lifestyle and your diet. It's so important. As we get older, I have seen cellulite worsen in women that are going through menopause. So as the skin starts to thin, um, that drop in estrogen can really show up cellulite quite significantly. And all of a sudden, I actually had a client in here yesterday with that same issue. Um, all of a sudden, she started to notice cellulite develop on the top part of her arm. She goes, Rose, I had a look at a photo of myself and I've got cellulite on my upper arm and I've never had that before. And you can really start to see it develop quite significantly, you know, as women do get older, which is kind of annoying. <laughs> I know. Well, that is, you know, the tissue's thinning. Um, we can lose muscle tone as well. Yeah. And it's, you know, diet is a big thing. And I, I think we've spoken about protein in a previous podcast. But when we're not getting enough protein, then it's going to affect so many different um, areas of our, our body and go back and listen to that podcast if you haven't listened to it. But if we think about the connective tissue, which is the scaffolding, if you like, for our skin, that is reliant on protein and getting the right amino acids. Now, most people don't eat enough protein or most women that I come across, even though it's quite an easy thing to get in your diet, most women aren't getting enough protein, particularly in the morning and at lunchtime. So not only is that going to lead to things like 
sugar cravings and overeating and feeling hungry all the time, we're not getting those unnecessary amino acids to support the collagen and the elastin and the the ground substance in the dermis. So if you think about men, most men eat enough protein because they just tend to be naturally more sort of carnivore based and they they tend to eat more protein. Um, Getting enough protein in is key for cellulite Um, and if you can't get your protein in through natural sources which would be things like fish eggs poultry meat yogurt nuts to a certain degree um, and seeds but you, you know you sort of need to mix your proteins legumes you really need to be getting enough protein in and if you're not that will affect the quality of the skin that's where say the protein powder comes in I've seen a huge difference introducing that but where I've seen the most incredible improvement in cellulite and there is now evidence to back this is with the collagen supplementation Um, and that's because you are getting all of the right amino acids you're getting it in peptide form for bioavailability and those collagen peptides are signaling the fibroblast cell to produce more collagen, elastin, and hyaluronic acid. Now, when it comes to collagen peptides, this is really key in getting the right amount and having it daily. So every day is really important. And when it's coming to having enough collagen for cellulite, you really need to be looking at between five to 10 grams. I would actually say 10 grams a day. So I just take two heat teaspoons of the collagen every day um, to be generous with it because we're we're sort of really needing some extra support here. So this is why dosage with collagen is really important. And when you've got brands that are selling, you know, three grams or smaller amounts, it's not going to do anything. And that's why people say, well, I tried it and it didn't do anything. It's because you're not taking enough. If you've got really severe cellulite, I would say you need two heap teaspoons of the Vitasol collagen, because that's pure collagen peptides. Some collagen may be diluted down and have fillers and you may not be getting um, that much collagen per serve. So it's another thing to watch out for. But I've seen people's cellulite improve, disappear by taking collagen. And there are now studies to support collagen. What is interesting is a recent study that has come out from Korea has shown the combination of astaxanthin and collagen together significantly improve elasticity, collagen production, and the inhibit the breakdown of collagen. Um, so this is a really exciting study, and that's shown when we're taking astaxanthin between 4 to 8 milligrams daily in 12 weeks as a significant improvement in the skin. Now, that's really exciting news because I do recommend taking the Vitasol Ultra Omega Plus, because not only does that have your omegas in there, and we need those for the healthy cell membrane that we spoke about earlier, it's also got the six milligrams of astaxanthin. So if anyone is concerned about cellulite, taking the collagen daily two heat teaspoons with the three capsules of the Ultra Omega Plus and doing that for an absolute minimum of three months, I can guarantee there will be an improvement in not only the facial skin, but also you will start to see an improvement in cellulite. The worse the cellulite, the longer it's going to take, obviously, because it means you've got more of a a breakdown and a weakening of the connective tissue. So increasing protein, 
taking collagen and the omegas is really important. The other thing I've seen, Rose, um, in women in particular, and, and men, but it's, it's not so common in men, is low iron. So it's very rare for a man to be low in iron, and that's because men don't bleed monthly and they don't lose the iron. So when women are low in iron, and it's the most common deficiency in the world, when women are low in iron, obviously it can affect energy, it can affect our skin, it can affect our um, oxygen to the cells, but it can also affect the cellulite and it can affect flabby skin because, again, we're getting that weakening of the connective tissue. When we talk about collagen, most people think, oh, we need collagen um, supplements or we need protein and we need vitamin C for healthy collagen production. But collagen needs so many more nutrients for healthy production in the skin. And one of the key nutrients for strong, healthy connective tissue and healthy collagen is iron. Nobody ever mentions it. So when we are chronically deficient in iron, it can result in flabby skin. So if you are flabby um, and have a lot of cellulite, then I would urge you to have your iron levels checked. It's very important not to go and take an iron supplement without getting your iron levels checked. Because as I mentioned, you cannot lose iron without bleeding. So if you are taking iron supplements and you don't need it, it can build up to toxic levels in the body and it can result in organ damage and even organ failure. Now, as I said, a lot of women are low in iron, but there are some people that have a, an issue where they can't, um, they have too much iron already. So if those people took an iron supplement, it could actually be very, very dangerous, if not life-threatening. So please don't go and take an iron supplement without getting your iron levels checked. Well, I'm a huge believer in going to a practitioner. If you're wanting to look at supplements and ingestibles and all of that type of thing, you need to go to someone that's experienced that can give you the right dosage and the right quality as well. People do it all the time. They self-diagnose and they'll go to a pharmacy or a health food store because these things are so readily available now that they'll just go and self-diagnose and purchase these supplements. And you are right, they can be very dangerous. So I always recommend seeing a practitioner that specializes in doing proper testing um, and can prescribe you the right dosage and the right quality of what you need. Um, getting back, sorry. Okay, I was going to say, um, getting back to treatment for cellulite, when I do see a client that comes in that is really concerned with cellulite, regardless of what area on the body, I always say to them as well, this is not going to change overnight, right? This is something that you won't see necessarily long-term change and it can be about six months before you start to see some pretty um, big changes in the skin. And when I do prescribe plans for management of cellulite, it includes obviously the treatment, which is Eumorphous A, ideally for me is perfect because it morphs the fat cell together, it shrinks and tightens the skin and it can really improve the appearance. It's the only thing that I've really, you know, seen to have worked. But then it's also looking at that more holistic side as well, which is what we always talk about. So my non-negotiables are the EFAs. I always put them on the Amigas. Um, and we have Vitasol in here. So I put them on the Amigas from Vitasol, the collagen. The yes, yes. Um, and the Amigas, the protein powder and the collagen, they're the three things that we package together 
um, to help to support the results of the treatment, right? And then obviously talking to them about diet as well and really ensuring that they're not following a diet that's more inflammatory. They're reducing the acidity within the body, um, you know, reducing those refined processed junk foods, alcohol, sugary drinks, and your more whole food based diet, right? Lots of antioxidants, lots of veggies, your good quality protein, good fats, not your saturated fats, um, water, especially, you know, you need to stay hydrated. I always recommend two to three liters a day. So, you know, treating cellulite is not an overnight fix. And that's something that I think a lot of clients need to understand, you know, exercise once again is also very important too. Um, so it is going to take some time. Um, think about how long it's taken to get there. It's not going to fix itself overnight, but if you tackle it this way, it's the best solution. I, I honestly have seen incredible improvements with um, taking the supplements really quite mind-blowing actually and it yeah. just comes back down to treating things on the internal to actually really sort of strengthen the cells and it makes sense to me because if you think about it just treating topically you're only treating topically you've got to start from a cellular level and the only way to do that is via nutrition yes. and that is where we can see that that real big improvement when we were talking about the vitamins, you know, one one of the points I was going to make is, you know, it was just even recently, I think on the TGA saying how vitamin supplements can be dangerous. So this is why I'm a big believer in trying to do things as naturally as possible and getting your nutrients naturally via food. And with, with the Vitacell supplements, this isn't meant to be a Vitacell push, <laughs> but I'm so passionate about it because it, it's not using mega dose synthetic vitamins. And I still don't think people understand that when you use isolated nutrients, you're going to have an imbalance in other nutrients. You can knock out other nutrients because certain nutrients will inhibit absorption of other nutrients. And also vitamins and minerals, certain ones can actually build up to toxic levels, as we mentioned. So iron is one of them. But even things like the B vitamins, you know, people pop B vitamins every day because they think, oh, it's going to help manage my stress rather than look at it naturally via the diet first and foremost. And B vitamins now, you know, it is showing that people are becoming, um, there's, there's more and more cases of people having B vitamin toxicity. Only this week, I think I saw something on niacin and niacin toxicity because that's found in your B vitamins. And last year, there was um, something in the media warning people about the toxicity issues of vitamin B B6 um, because too much B6 can actually cause nerve damage. And when taken for too long, it could even be permanent nerve damage taken um short term when you if you start to notice you're getting the pins and needles in the extremities you know go and get checked because um sometimes that can actually be from having toxic levels of b vitamins and people just don't understand this it's going to have a knock-on effect to other things and i've spoken before about even when you have high dose antioxidants in isolated supplements you know, like a thousand milligrams of vitamin C. Some people take 3000 milligrams of vitamin C. It down regulates your cells own natural ability to produce their own antioxidants. Um, 
and their own natural cellular defense mechanisms. So there's a time and a place for vitamin supplementation, but it has to be used with caution and they must be used very, very carefully and be monitored. I think as a society, we've become so used to just eating whatever we like and then trying to overcompensate by compensate by pill popping. And we just don't understand that a synthetic vitamin in a mega dose is very different to the dosage we would get naturally through food. And with food, it comes with phytonutrients that are also having an effect on cellular processes. We're having prebiotics, we're having fiber. It's all working as nature would have it. We also know that sometimes when we eat nutrients through food, those nutrients have to go through a conversion process right? There's a reason the body does that. Um, It converts as it needs it in a way. So it's a way of controlling the levels of nutrients. So if you think of um, folate, for instance, if you buy the activated form in a B vitamin, it's already been activated. So it is going to be way, 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 way stronger than as you would get in your food and potentially have way stronger side effects so if you give that to the wrong person or you take an activated folate for instance um you could have side effects of things like mental health issues because it could throw out all your all all your chemistry and i've seen it Um, i've seen it happen so people don't understand this i think activated that must be better i'll take it and in some cases it will be better if you've got polymorphisms where you can't process those vitamins, but you still should be having them in a lower dose, not a higher dose. And this is where I think people just aren't catching up with the science. And I think down the track, we'll start to realize that the body is a lot more complex than taking an isolated nutrient at mega dosing. Um, Interestingly, I'm going to go completely off topic now, but I don't know if you saw the recent news because this is more to do with skincare, but the case in point, the EU has now changed the regulations for retinol. Oh, I haven't seen that. Um, So whereas retinol, I'm not talking retinaldehyde now, I mean, it would still be applicable. Yes. Retinol, we know in Australia, for instance, is allowed in up to 1% in a a product. The EU in Europe has now changed that to 0.3%. So there will be a time period that that is allowed to change. But my point being, and we've spoken about this on a podcast, sometimes the lower dose is better. And we know that, you know, there's really good, strong clinical evidence for the use of retinol at 0.25%. But people's brains go, is it 0.5? Is it 1% stronger? Must be better, right? But we know that comes with impaired skin barrier. It comes with redness. It comes with irritation. Um, And the point I'm trying to make is that more the higher percentage, that slam dunk type effect comes with side effects and consequences. So now even with retinol, the EU is lowering the dose. But I believe in a way that's a good thing because we're going to get better results and more controlled results without the side effects. But you will still get just as good results. But the mindset of people will be, oh, my God, my product's not going to be as effective. It will, but you'll get long-term benefits without the short-term side effects that you would get with a higher dose retinol. And the same goes with internal supplements as well. Unless you've got a major deficiency and you need a mega dose supplement to get your levels up temporarily, 
then there's definitely a place for it. But just taking high dose every day, in my opinion, is definitely going to cause more harm than good. I, I educate my clients when they come in for a consult and I'll say to them, anything that we ingest, whether it's a supplement, whether it's a form of medication, is going to alter the way that the body functions. So you need to understand, I guess, you can't be taking supplements unless you know they are beneficial for you, for what your body makeup is. So I'm I'm very um, passionate about that because I have a lot of clients that do come in and they're taking all these supplements and all these vitamins that they've self-diagnosed. For me, I, I that's a real concern. Um, so I think, you know, getting that point across to people and understanding dosage quality is incredibly important. We want to support the body in a way that it functions better on its own. And that's the way that I look at skin as well. Anything that I do topically, whether it's treatment or product, I want to support the skin to function better on its own. We want to train it to behave better. And the body is exactly the same. And I think if anyone is taking things that they've taken upon themselves to diagnose, to kind of prescribe for themselves, you need to be very, very careful because it is going to have some sort of long-term side effect. My concern is how it impacts the brain um, because it is going to impact your brain significantly if you are taking things that are not the correct quality or dosage for your body. Yeah, absolutely. And brain health is so important. Um, mm. Maybe we'll do a podcast on brain health. Yeah, we should because it's interesting you say that because um, I've learned a lot recently on brain health. Uh, my mum's just been diagnosed with dementia and Alzheimer's, right? Um, so it was interesting to see the scan um, from the neurologist and actually see what's going on in the brain and how these things develop. And it kind of, you know, flipped a switch in my head because I think a lot of these things can be slowed down or prevented. Um, you know, it's not the thing that we should say, oh, yeah, we're getting older, we're going to get dementia, we're going to get Alzheimer's. Well, no. Um, if you understand why it happens, you can actually really prevent it and slow down that whole process, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think we should do a podcast on this. I think this would be good. I think so too because Dave's, Dave's dad very sadly passed away from dementia. Um, mm -hmm. So that's something that's very close to him too and something to be honest I'm sort of very conscious of making sure he he has the right lifestyle and diet so that he doesn't go down the same pathway um and diet exactly. can play a, a big role and there's some good evidence for polyphenols as well with brain health so let's let's do one on that as well particularly yep. from the dietary perspective I think it's very very important and mental health in general, especially in this day and age with social media. I know I can't spend too long on social media because it really does affect me mentally and I just find it overwhelming. I find it extremely toxic and I've really stepped back from being out there on social media. I say that today. Next week I'll probably be back on it and all over it. Um, <laughs> but I, I do think, you know, as a society we've got to be very careful because that can affect us um, mentally as well especially when we see a lot of photoshopped images yeah. of women with zero cellulite getting back to the cellulite topic 100%. Um, it is the photoshopping and I say that to my clients all the time um, and I educate my children about this as well like 
don't really don't believe what you see on social media because cellulite affects so many women you know um so they photoshop things to make their skin look really smooth it's it's unrealistic so um i think getting that point across to women and you know helping them to stop comparing themselves to what they see on social media is huge when it comes to mental health and how they perceive their own body uh, my next event is actually focused all around this this is what we're talking about um it's centered around tuning back into your own power your own level of self-confidence and embracing your body and being the best version of yourself that's essentially what gives us the quality of life right so yeah it's, it's a huge topic I think just quickly before we finish up it's important for anybody listening to know what doesn't work for cellulite because yes. we can spend a fortune on products promising the world. And I know myself back in my early 20s, I used to buy products for cellulite and little tools for cellulite. And there's very little that will affect this, the cellulite on a topical level from a, a lotion or a potion. Yes. I've never seen anything that has made a significant improvement in cellulite from a cream or a potion. There are some ingredients, things like caffeine, actually, anything that yes. will um, increase the circulation, there may be a mild improvement. But I think don't waste your money on those topical treatments. Really, quite often, it's the actual massage Um that is actually helping with the circulation and the fluid retention that's going to see the improvement. And if you are massaging products in to help with cellulite, then it's not about the pummeling and go harder. It's actually very, very light massage, which seems counterintuitive, but the lighter you go, the more you're going to be working on the lymphatic system, which is going to help to alleviate anything like fluid retention. But the harder the massage can actually be more damaging, as we mentioned earlier. So if you're using a, a lotion or something for cellulite that you think has really worked, then by all means, keep using it. And there are some ingredients out there that can help with things like fluid retention, circulation. But there's and there are some ingredients that have been shown usually in vitro studies, which means not on humans. Um, there may be some in vivo studies on some ingredients, but then you don't know if that manufacturer of that product has actually used the right percentage to get those results. And that's where I have major trust issues. So if that product does come with some clinical trials, that may be one that you want to, to look at. But in my experience, I've never come across a topical product that has got results like the collagen um, and the omegas and in clinic treatments and that combination. And then talking about the actual treatments for cellulite, there are a lot of products or a lot of treatments out there that promise cellulite reduction. Um, and I think it's about being going in with your eyes open because some of those before and after pictures, I don't know how much you can trust those either. I've had treatments where they take images immediately after when the skin's still a little bit um, swollen, if you like, so everything yes. looks better. Um, so it's just being wary of those things and not falling into the trap of that's just going to fix everything because it is a, a long-term plan. Just having it one treatment isn't going to get rid of it unless we fix the internal and so things like ultrasound 
those types of treatments, I haven't seen a huge improvement. There may be a minor improvement, but nothing is going to get results like diet and lifestyle. Exactly. And when you have that approach, the treatment that I know that does work is your Morphe SA. That's when you start to see changes. Um, and it's understanding that these things take time. This is There is no quick fix with cellulite. And any topical product that perhaps has some caffeine in it or anything that generates heat to improve circulation, because there are those topicals that can do that, um, will help to minimise the appearance from a skin point of view. It'll just have a slight tightening effect, perhaps improve the circulation. But cellulite sits so deep down. It, anything topically like that is not going to give you um, a permanent reduction. No, it's like those bus firming creams. Let me tell yeah. you, they don't do anything either. Um, <laughs> they'll improve the skin condition by a moisturiser, yeah. um, but they're not going to lift lift your boobs up, that's for sure. Exactly. So just, just to recap then, um, we've got to then look at strengthening the connective tissue. Dietary-wise, we, we want to make sure we are getting enough iron and cofactors in the diet. Um, we want to make sure that we're getting enough protein in the diet, those amino acids for healthy connective tissue. We want to make sure we're getting enough omega-3s in the diet to help with the, the healthy cell membrane and the pliability of the cells, reducing the saturated fat and the ultra-processed foods. Um, they're the key factors that will make the difference. And product-wise, my trusty little friends over here that are always sitting on my my desk uh, <laughs> are the collagen, the omegas, and also actually the protein powder as well, as you've said, will be the, the key products internally. But you have to be consistent every single day. Um, I would say for an absolute minimum of 12 weeks, really. But this is something you want to take on going to really support internally. Yes, yes. Well said. So I'll see you on the next podcast, Rose, and have an incredible weekend. You too. I'm, I'm just trying to turn my recording off again. So this is a, a really good way of ending the podcast. <laughs> in a row. <laughs> and we're still going. We're off now. Bye, everybody.